they was, gave like, Vin Diesel of, like him with yeah, like him with hair, and it was just no it was just so uncomfortable. Wait, it's an old picture or this is like no, for I the movie. movie? I think it was a movie he did recently. Let me Bruh. see. <laughs> so distracted. I'm distracted all movie. <laughs> Every Vin Diesel scene. Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Hey. of the Unheard Podcast, the best podcast on the mother effing planet. I'm one of your hosts, C-Money. I'm joined by my other host, VNC3, Taj Money. And then uh, for episode 3-5, we had a special guest. We, we brought on a special guest, Elon Bia, founder, yeah. creator. <laughs> Nigga said his name no so soap. unconfidently. <laughs> <laughs> I sound so disappointed. It's, a, it's an occasion. It's a celebration. That's our second guest. Um, yeah, thirty-five episodes. Low ass yeah. energy, high ass energy today. We're recording early today. We have a guest. A lot of good things today. Um, as Chance said, we have our guest, Alon. Alon, say what's up to everybody. Yo, yeah. Thank you for having me on the show. You want? You want? Um, you know, just give a little spiel. I uh. I shoot music videos. I um, I'm in screenwriting at SCA, so I just I write movies, some TV shows, and um, got into directing and started a production company. No soap. Sweet, I, yeah. You just like you just gonna sprinkle that in there and speak on no soap. Let them know what no soap is. Drop the, the Instagram tag or whatever. Right, let them know um, where they can no find you. At, at nosoap.xyz, we uh, because when we were trying to copy dot com, it was already taken, and I thought XYZ was way, so I'm running with that. Um, but yeah, production company. We have a music video out with New York artist 300 Clay, dropped like a month or two ago, and then I just started a TV show, YouTube series. Came out uh, last week, the first episode, the Keanu Show, episode two coming out tomorrow, and uh, have more music videos and shit on the way right now. So, All right, for the listeners, we're just going to be completely transparent. Nothing happened in music this week. So if you're looking for like a review, there's no nothing to review. There's nothing really crazy relevant. But Offset divorce guest. from Cardi B. Yeah, if you guys want to talk about Cardi's nip slip today on Instagram Live, we got like 20 minutes for it. But <laughs> we have like some major topics since we got a special guest. Guest, We want to talk about the artist discovery process. Well, I'll start with you. We want to see the guest. What, t- what is it for you when you're, like, searching for an artist? Like, do you look for sound? Is it, like, a gut feeling? Or is it, like, damn, they just kind of look cool? Like, what helps you discover artists? Um, honestly, it's their sound. Because at the end of the day, that's, like, what's going to push them. Like, your style is only going to get you so far. Um, but, yeah, I really look for something, like, different in someone's sound. Something that makes them kind of unique. Because it's kind of, it's not fun to always fuck with, like, the same Everyone, I don't know, it seems like the majority of people are kind of going in like the same sound, but it's cool to see that there's a lot of people breaking out and making like one new age of rap where it has so many different subgenres. And all music is like kind of like melting together. So it's kind of cool to see these people that are differentiating their sounds. 
We actually talked about this last week uh, when Chance was like saying he didn't know where like the state of rap was going. Like, and I was, I thought it was a good thing. The music had like a bunch of different subgenres, and Chance was kind of like, he didn't like it because he thinks it's deviating too far from like where rap started. But I think the subgenre shit is good. I didn't say I didn't necessarily like it. I was just saying, is there is there a cause for concern just off the strength of like, will at some point the genre like at least its roots be completely unrecognizable i don't know because i just feel like we're so tied especially i feel like in hip-hop especially we're just so tied to you know those original roots like that golden era quote-unquote like of course we've seen it evolve and change over time and it's going to continue to do that but i don't know like what could it possibly you know look like 10 years down the future will it be like recognizable I think that's more of an, ex- <clears throat> I feel like that's more of an exciting thing than more of like a, like unhelpful thing, you know, because like what Alam was saying about discovering artists, like there's going to keep being, there's going to continue to be artists that like fill different niches in hip hop and just like have sounds that like we haven't heard. But I feel like the things we like about those new artists is that like they bring something new to the table while still keeping some traditional part of like hip hop that like we all love and like can collectively hop on board with. So like, I feel like there's going to be a lot of positive diversity in, in hip hop. Cause I feel like we're already seeing it like this era. A lot of people thought it was just going to be a bunch of like low pumps. And like, that's definitely not where we're at in 2020 with baby Keem and a bunch of other artists. So I think it'll be a solid thing in the future. I, I, also, I also think that there's just so many people that are also holding down like the origins of hip hop. Like we still have like Griselda's had a, fucking huge 2020 mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. just the fact that like the torch got passed down to them like i just feel like they're eventually their time is going to come where they're going to hand it off to someone else so there's mm-hmm. always going to be those roots still there i just think that the genre as a whole has begun to evolve into a point that i don't even know what direction it'll be in the next 10 years i mean for me like why i'm particularly interested is just because when you at least for me, like when I talk to a lot of old heads who like when they were our age or whatever, they were into, you know, certain artists, whether it be like somebody like 10 years older than you. They might have been into like 50 Wayne and like Gucci Mane or like even older than that. They was into like Pac and Jay-Z and Nas and all that. But it's just like as they older, as they age, it's just like their whole taste in music just shifts so drastically. So I'm saying for y'all, like, could 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 you ever imagine like not enjoying hip-hop maybe not as much as you do but um you know like not it might not be your main go-to genre if that makes sense like fall out of love with it essentially yeah exactly not hate it or like never listen to it again but like you know like you ain't gonna be you're not gonna be following like you know new artists for real like can you ever see yourself in that in that predicament i think that's the whole like benefit of the subgenre thing is like there's a type of like rap for everybody now like this not like a like, I don't sell, I don't sell drugs. So I'm not like listening to Griselda 24 fucking seven. But if I want bars, I'm listening to Griselda. If I listen to like some weird shit, I'm listening to Baby King. If I want to listen to like Lil Uzi fucking do some spatial shit on the track, I'm listening to Lil Uzi. <laughs> so it's like, there's something for every type of mood. So even if you do like fall out of love with one genre, like mm-hmm. there's probably genres I fell out of love. Like I fell out of love with the cold, like conscious rap for a while. Facts, I went to facts. like straight, like ignorant, like young thug shit for like, three years. <laughs> So I just like bounce around from genres. 
so I've like I feel like this year I felt like I've fallen a bit more out of love with like a lot of like abrasive rap and that mm-hmm. goes for just music in general like I don't really like like pulsating stuff but mm-hmm. I and like for a moment like I just felt like for weeks I was just listening to R&B and I just like stuff that just really like made me more so feel something but mm-hmm. then I got back more into rap as like my main and it's just like exactly what you're saying Taj there's just the, the niches are everywhere. So it's anyone can find their specific taste. And so like, yeah, so even there's R&B rap, there's like literally just so much there that I don't know. I don't think I'd ever fully lose touch with the genre. You mentioned that 300 Clay was from New York. Yeah. Okay. So like just yeah. being out, just being out here, like we've talked about it before, like the whole accessibility thing with like, social media you're just able to work with artists that like you probably wouldn't have worked with like you being in LA him being in New York when it comes to artists that you like or enjoy or I mean of course working with is is different because it's like a whole business aspect but do you think like it really matters or it's gonna matter in the future like where an artist is from like right now we see Atlanta like really on top so maybe it might be easier for an artist to come out of Atlanta than say like a Baltimore you know so, like, do you think that kind of regional bias is going to be here? Or do you think it matters? Um, I don't think it'll apply as we continue to move more and more into the digital age. Because now, like, people were, like, not fucking with Detroit rap for how long. And now Detroit rap has, like, its own more so sound. And, like, people are starting to emerge. Like, you can come out of anywhere. Baby Keem is from fucking Las Vegas. Like, obviously he has ties <laughs> in the industry and everything, but like, people can really come. Like, people can really come out of anywhere, and Facts. that's like such, fucking. Remember, remember Spooky, bro? That fool was in mm-hmm. like fucking Minnesota or some shit. Oh yeah, he wasn't making in Minnesota. Music in the middle of winter. Changed his yeah. name to like Corbin, I think, yeah. something like that. So it's like, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, he's Corbin now. He was on uh, Leroy's album. I wrote about what Vance just said in my column, column for Daily Trojan. It was like. I was basically making an argument for like artists and like athletes in general to like stay and build where you're at and build something versus just all going to like a hotbed city. And I actually had like one artist friend who had moved from New Orleans to Chicago to make music. And he hit me up and he was like, you changed my mind. Like, I'm going to just stay. I want to build something in New Orleans now. And I thought that was like crazy. Like, man, so you actually went from like Baltimore to Los Angeles to like. I sold out, huh? To you, in yeah, your you, eyes. You sold out. I'm going to sell out. But like, oh, is, the there ring. Anything, is there like actually anything different as somebody who's like went from one place to another? Like, have you noticed anything creatively different? Um, definitely. Like, I think this is in sports too. Um, like you just definitely lose that. Well, I don't know. It might be different in sports because you're actually closer to winning a championship when you get to a different team. But like being from an underdog city like a Baltimore, that you can definitely feel that there's like a higher level of drive and like grit you know it's like that whole chip on their like shoulder like effect that everybody kind of wants to make it out and like that's the driving force for so many people and out here I'm not going to say that drive doesn't still exist but just because like Capitol Records is like 20 minutes away like I'm going to be a little less motivated to to work or to grind as if it's like impossible you know 3,000 miles away from Capitol Records, you're gonna you're gonna grind a lot harder because you're gonna think there's no pathway to get there. When you're in LA, it's easier to make connections. So, 
Definitely a bit know. of a change. I can't speak from the artist standpoint, but I could. I, I think I could speak more so just from the way artists grow and like trend and just when I think of like my hometown, New Orleans, like I feel like when you're coming up out of a place, I feel like it would be almost hard or damn near impossible to make it anywhere else because most often when you're on that underground music scene, your your biggest influence is gonna be like what is everybody else who in my city, like what did they do to get popping? So you really gonna sound like a microcosm of that city. Like, and like when, when I listen to artists from New Orleans, I'm like, I think they can make it bigger than New Orleans at some point. But I think starting out, I think that sound is just too niche and just too different for it to really pop off somewhere like LA. And the same thing with LA, like the way people sound out, out here, like that shit wouldn't fly if they went down to New Orleans, like starting off their career and trying to make it. But I definitely understand that wanting to move away, especially when you are from where a lot of these guys are from. Like, there's no denying that places like New York and L.A. just have more opportunity. Like, that's just that's just the nature of, of what it is. You know what I mean? Not only that, but niggas be hating. Like, facts. That's facts. Like, that's facts. A lot of that's, niggas, facts. that's important. That's important you, and facts. They don't want to see you come up. And then when you when you factor that into the fact that a lot of these dudes do be, you know, in the streets, like, your life could really be on the line, like, because niggas really be hating. So that's just why I feel like, you know, artists be trying to kind of get up out their city. Now, I agree with the hate point, but the opportunity point, I think that's bullshit in 2020. Like, what... Like, there's no connection you can't make through, like, social media or through the internet, like, quick, if you really want to. I'm saying that's less that's less of a thing now, but I'm saying, like, why has that been the thing, like, up until, like, only recently have we seen that really been able to transform music. And, like, the last, you know, five to ten years has, like, social media and the growth of it, like, really transformed the fact that people can make it from anywhere. But that's why people like Justin Bieber got on, like. Of course, he got discovered through YouTube, but it surely helped that, like, he got a record co- company come sweep him up from under his feet and then, like, you know, promote him to the world. Usher. Usher. That was yeah, such a random example. I don't know why you... <laughs> oh, you Justin Bieber. Why was he the first example in your mind? That was, like, that was like 10 years ago, so I was like, that's, like, the perfect definition of my example. But you, you, you kind of feel what I mean? Like, could he have, like, tried to do it underground and through YouTube videos and shit? Like, maybe, but... That wasn't as big a thing as it has now become, like into in like 2019, 2020. Well, I feel like also like the whole means has changed. So back then, I mean, even if we go back more than 10 years, it like back in like the 80s and 90s, you'd have to go get a spot at uh, like a venue and then perform and then hope that there was like some AR or someone out in the crowd and then you get your chance and then like you get like your shit printed and shit. But now we live in such an age where I don't feel like niche is a restraint or like a, a, a holdback because there's, since you have the accessibility to the whole world now, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of finding that group of people that like your sound. That's, that, that's fair as well. That's fair. But I don't know. I feel like the way music is hit and I feel like it's just getting harder and harder. Like, because of know. oversaturation, you think? Just because, like, that's, like the the balance, that's not a know? bad thing, you know what I mean? It's not a bad thing, but I don't know. It's just, like, it's scary. Like, it's getting harder and harder to get noticed because there's, like, everybody, like, you know. But I think that just the people with, like, the talent, the people with the drive to do it 
They'll succeed always. So. All right. Let's get an artist. Who wants to go first? Elon, you, you're the guest. You can go first. Special honor. Uh, thank you. My uh, uh, my unheard artist is uh, Babyface Kato out of, out of Florida. He um, He's doing like a lot of like the... He, he used to do like a lot of like the Florida sound, but then he mm-hmm. low-key started on, I mean, he got signed to Internet Money a couple of years ago and then he's no longer with Internet Money, but when he was with Taz, he was doing like more melodic shit, got a lot more exposed. And then he's been doing, when he's out in LA and has good engineers, he does melodic shit, yeah. but back mm-hmm. in Florida, he's been doing hella Detroit shit. And so mm-hmm. everyone loves this like choppy he's flow smart. and like, all that shit out there. <laughs> Made a couple rats on a good day. My dog took 12 on a goose chase. I think I gotta find me a new bay. Spot got hot, found a new way. I just love money in 2K. Made one call, then I made 2K. No money, cause it's a new day. I ain't never ever been with the cruise ship. We see a red light, don't stop. I'm steady cleaning my mop. No bitch come between my car. Her toes too cute, show what's up. Astronaut shit hit the moon rock. I had to throw the key when the door lock. Put a hole in you like a donut. So many hoes, it'll make you go nuts. Made a couple rats on a good day. Let's talk about no soap and just uh, the origins <laughs> and why. Like why why no soap? Talk about the name first. What's up with that? So, um, freshman year, I was at New North, uh, and there was a kid that lived in like the door next to me. Mm-hmm. I was just chilling in his room one day, thinking about like my life and my future, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Fuck!" Like, I know I want to make movies, but like, what what is it until then? Like, what can I start to do? Like, how can I start to like better myself as like a filmmaker? And I opened mm-hmm. my eyes, and in front, he had a giant poster that said No Soap Radio. And I was like, it was literally a giant piece of cardboard with, like, with like marker on it. And I was like, mm-hmm. yo, what? Like, what does that mean? And he went to, like, naval school before. I was talking about how it's this term that's, like, it's satire where, like, everyone is in on the joke except for, like, one person. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Like, do you mind if I kind of, like, run with this? And he was like, yeah, go ahead. So eventually dropped the radio and it's no soap. It's because we're too clean. I actually had no clue that was the origin of it either. Interesting. Naval. So talk about, like, the company. Like, so what's the what's the vision? Like, you, you talked about that you were making music videos and stuff. Is this, like, a, a production company? Or are you, like, management? Are you... Or are you doing everything? Like, what's up with that? So I want to start small and then slowly build myself into a mega corporation. But mm. uh, no, no. Yeah. But, so basically, we start off with music videos and then starting to get, um, we have like the show out, the Keanu show out now. And then we have documentaries. Like we're going to do, we're doing this OnlyFans documentary. Soon. And uh, Damn, that actually sounds interesting. I can about about like OnlyFans or how people make money off it or something. Yeah, so like three episodes, like one about the business itself, uh, one about like the people and creators behind it, and like the people that subscribe, and then mm-hmm. the third kind of like how are we going into the future of like this of sex work? Like, is it all going to be digital? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Damn. I kind of just want to keep pushing and like basically what Vice was doing a couple years ago, but then they kind of got soft. And like, I want to be somewhere between Vice and Nickelodeon. Okay, that's that's a huge we, middle ground. We're going, we're going. <laughs> that's a crazy middle ground. <laughs> <laughs> this man in no man's land. We going. Um, so we doing like content production. I'm I'm actually interested in that OnlyFans bio because OnlyFans like whoever thought of that getting a bag like that's what I'm saying oh, like 
That's crazy. You really get a bag in millions of different leagues. But that's what's up, though. Bro, that shit's been up for years. Yeah, it wasn't even made for sex work. Like, made for just, like, whatever. Yeah. Whatever content you it's want. It's like artists. It's like Patreon. It's like artists but... and music and shit, too. Damn. Now it's Patreon. just been completely run through. We got, we, so, yeah, we got, like, the production company off the ground. And then we, um, we have merch coming out later this month. And then just kind of... Yeah, building out to be like I want to. I want to have the ability. I have so many friends that are interested in like sports broadcasting and shit like that. So I kind of want to delve into so many fields that I've always been interested in, like in terms of entertainment and clothing. Mm-hmm. Damn. So it's just it's a one man team, or like it's just you, or what's up? You got a team? Bro, so I do have a team. I um I have a cinematographer that I use for almost all my shoots. I have an editor. Uh, we have an animator who also just like he's just such a crazy artist in the video that we have coming out later this week um there's animations like the the narrative throughout the video is told in animation mm-hmm. and then um bro i think we got like 10 people on the team um it's just sometimes it's like since it's such a large team for mm-hmm. sometimes like such small things that we're trying to do people don't know what they're trying to do so it's been like quarantine has been like a great process to help me kind of buckle down and be like, all right, you're good at this. Let's have you start taking care of this facet. And then just kind of putting people in the positions that they'll be the best at. Mm. So like, just in terms of finding the team, is this, so you said this was started. Yeah. After you got here to USC, was that process hard? Cause I feel like a lot of people in the entertainment industry will just make it sound like the process of finding a team. is just like a, wake up one day, like snap of the finger thing goes perfect. Like everybody's in their roles. Like, no, bro, it's not. But so it was, so basically like becoming, like I knew I wanted to do something. I just didn't know how to like really get my footing at first. So I started off by just kind of like putting out these playlists while everyone was like, oh, he's just trying to put us onto music. The whole time I was plotting, I was like, all right, how do I build further from here? And I started looking back and, in my senior year, we actually did a Keanu show episode for a project in one of my classes. Mm-hmm. And that's where it started. And I was like, all right, I have Keanu. Most of most of my team is honestly my boys from the Valley and then kids I met at USC. And so it was kind of like that snap, but a lot slower of a snap. And it was just kind of realizing like, yo, like I have a homie, my friend Ben manages Cato. Ben introduced us to Clay for our first video. And then him just being in this like, He's a manager, but then now with him being able to manage someone's career, I was like, all right, you'd be able to put together the productions for like, I'll send you a treatment, make sure to kind of get everything together. So him and my boy, Lucius Hansen, just like, yeah, just kind of fucking, I don't even know, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. I wanted to ask you just personally, who you fucking with the most right now? Like, who who are some of your favorite artists that you fuck with? I listen to Hella Cash Page. Oh, um, yeah. Total Times Money. Kyle, yeah, Kyle Lux. Um, mm-hmm. SC. Um, bro, I, bro I've, been, I've been fucking with Baby Keem since this fool had 2,000 followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I he did, him, like, I put me on to Keem. Bro, I pitched him when I was in A&R. Um, and, um, fuck, bro, yeah, Keem, who else have I been listening to, bro? 
I've been so caught up in work recently that I honestly have been lacking on my music and I just been listening to old shit right now. So so talk you just mentioned AR. Talk about that like like so what what does that entail? Like just just talk about your history with that. Um so freshman year of college passed and then summer came and like two days into summer I was like wow there is so much like nothing to do and I'm going to drive myself crazy if I just don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I had a friend in the industry, Nick Jarjor, and mm-hmm. I reached out to him and I was like, yo, I, I want to, I'm really interested in the industry. I feel like I have like a good ear and I really like, I want to start to learn more and start to kind of get on my feet and prepare myself for like adulthood. Mm-hmm. And so I drove to his place the next day. He had like this incubator office in like Bel Air. Mm. And so I drove for the interview. We sat down at a table and it wasn't an interview. He just threw me into a pitch meeting and he was like, what are you listening to? And I was just looking through my shit and I played them some stuff and they're like, all right, you're hired. So then that summer yeah. I just worked. Yeah. He, um, he, uh, he's a partner at Maverick Management and, um, from Maverick Carter. What? No. Oh, oh, Maverick. I was just called Maverick Management. Oh, oh, all right. Because Maverick called our manager, I thought I was connecting the dots. On <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, um, a partner at Maverick, and he's on like the board of Atlantic. And so I spent that oh, summer shit. just kind of like finding different artists. Bro, there's this kid, Lucas, um, L U C U S. He's from fucking like the Netherlands. Yeah, that's a common ass name. Okay. Yeah, I've but never heard that before. He does, okay. he does all his shit in his room. And I swear, like, in terms of like this pop, like, I don't know what kind of, you know, like this emerging sort of like pop rap kind of like. Like you know, Amine? This kid is. Yeah, Amine, but. Rockhampton? But more. Amine, but more Gen Z. Okay, okay. So like a kid, Leroy. So, yeah, he's bit yeah, he's a Leroy. He's a Leroy. He's but he's also like 16 and he's doing this shit in his bedroom. And I like started reaching out to him. We were talking for like a while. I still talk to this fool like every day now that even though I'm not working there. I signed um and then I signed a uh, a Florida rapper. This kid Solo Tay. Mm-hmm. And then um at the end of the summer I got back to school. School was working and then I got too caught up and I was like I I can't like it was a great opportunity and it was a great learning experience. But right now, now I'm gonna go back into film. So as as ANR, like, what what are you doing? Are you just like, are they giving you a list of art artists they're interested in, and you you tell them what you think, or are you going out there and looking for some, and just out there like scouring the SoundCloud deep web or something? Like, what are you doing? Bro, I fucking I went through every single website you could imagine. I was looking through like the weirdest shit ever. I'd listen to like German radio stations and fucking anywhere to like find to like find people. Um, but no, so basically at first what they had me they had me make like beat packs. It was like put together like the the packs for people. So I was putting together mm-hmm. packs for like Kendrick and like Isle of McConan and um, and like I forgot who some other people. But um, so then. I also, also, bro, they, uh, there was a Nestle beat that Wonder Girl produced that they were trying to send to someone. And I realized when I was listening to the beat, 
And I was like, nah, this beat's already used. And then fucking save him from fat lawsuit real quick. But um, yeah, so it was basically saving a company like, millions. <laughs> but it was basically kind of like it. hours of like looking through every single thing and then like pitch meetings like once a day. Yeah, one of your bullet points of your resume got to be um, save Atlantic millions of dollars and potential lawsuit. That would be pretty sweet. <laughs> Is that a hard skill? <laughs> a soft <laughs> skill? So that's got to be like the fucking coolest job ever, man. For sure, for sure. No, it was fire. Just to sit on a couch and like listen to music all day and then get paid. It was just, really, it's just so much weeding through like, Vance, you were talking about like the oversaturation of the industry nowadays. There's so much bad, but there is, but then you find, but then you find like those like artists that have so much potential, and yeah, so it just kind of makes it worth it. What's that like though? Like finding the artist with the potential. Like say like everybody, a lot of artists have like that one good song that's like really good, and then the rest of the catalog is just like a whole bunch of mid. Like how do you assess that type of artist? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> I think I think by looking at like the rest of their discography and like thinking like what are they doing there that's missing for you and what are they doing on that hit that's hitting for you and it's like about trying to help them find that sound they'll put them in the most like efficient setting and like the best for their career so you like you go and pitch these guys to it to Atlantic or uh to to the members on the board and be like hey I like this guy like you know, like, that's what you're doing. Like, when you go into the office, you're, like, at the board, you're, like, I like this guy here. And you, like, playing some shit. And they got to, like, see. Yeah, so they, it was basically, like. This is valuable, like, valuable info for all of, like, the artists that's listening, which is what I'm trying to ask. Like, let them this know. Is who, this is how your shit is getting pitched. Make sure this shit is packaged right. It was, it was like, we'd be in a room, um, and it was Nick and then, like, all the team that was working for him. Mm-hmm. And, uh. It would basically be like an ox contest. And so like someone would be like, I have some shit to play you. And then you plug in your phone. And then if it starts if it starts if it starts knocking, then people then people are gonna be like, Oh, like who is that? And then they start to talk more about the artist. But then mm-hmm. there'd be some times where someone would play some shit and everyone would just like like kind of look around, like wait for them to like <laughs> take the thoughts out of their phone. That'd be the worst feeling ever. Damn. <laughs> so, like, people really have, like, one shot, and then that's it. I, I get, like, one play. It'll be, like, sometimes it'll be, like, if it's, like, mid, but, like, there's something there, they'll be, like, all right, like, can you play another one of their songs? Mm-hmm. And then it'll be about, like, trying to see if, like, there's something salvageable. And to some, to some people, like, on the team, it was more so about, like, marketability. So I feel like it's more so about who's in the room at the time as well. Because mm-hmm. some people are just looking for like a cool next thing that's going to be cool for like a couple months and then on to the next. And some mm-hmm. are looking for that artist that's going to be there, make their own mark in the genre and then be there for a while. Mm-hmm. So of artists that actually like got selected, like the room was like, yeah, we fuck with this guy. What was the percentage split of like their talents? Was it like... They got chosen off their talent. They got chosen off marketability. They got chosen because they sound like this guy. Like, what was the main thing? Or what was the percentage split? I, I think it was, it would be like 55% is your music. And that is like, because at the end of the day, 
you're going to hear music and not even register who the person is sometimes, you know? So at the, at the like end of the day that that is like the selling point, because it's like, if your music is really trash, like six, nine excluded because of how polarizing he made himself, mm -hmm. but it's just, yeah, the music is the most part. And then after that, you can always like, first off, I don't like when labels do this when they really change a person. But like if they need a little bit of something to their image, then that's like much more manageable than trying to make a terrible artist good. That makes sense. That makes yeah. that, that makes a lot of sense. Way me and Vance actually, somebody. yeah, me and Vance actually talked about this like two episodes ago when me and Vance were me and Vance were also like crazy Baby King fans. So we were like Baby King's next up, Baby King's next up. But Vance was like he's just missing like that like image factor. Like his music videos don't kind of align with like his sound and I actually saw what Vance was saying, but you think that's just something that can add on in this future? Like that's something that can be fixed easily. That's definitely something. I mean, like in like a weird way, Dave kind of tapped in on that. Um, and in like the episode when they're like, when they're like, all right, how do we promote Dave better? And then they decide to turn him into like a viral sensation. So the image is like, it's a very key thing because in the same way that artists try to, find their sound it finding your image is also not like an easy task like mm -hmm. so many people and i think it's also about like trying to be who you feel like you are because so many artists are trying to be so many other people and then we have like young lean who accidentally invents a genre and is bent in like ben's fashion in his own right and that's just by being him yeah it's definitely interesting because you have a lot of you do have so many people that have just come through being so original and like we've talked about the whole episode in the digital age like you can market yourself in like a thousand different ways whether it's merch like if you have really good visual ideas like you can do more sound shit than just music you know like you can create all types of shit so it's definitely definitely interesting thinking about marketability in like right now and then in the future just with streaming and how much music is getting played versus and then also like social media how many artists we're seeing on a daily basis on our timeline and shit like that so but in the same way the, the marketability of like trying to put yourself as like this super original and like all this shit and like trying to do the most can also it can also be on the other way in the same way that dominic fike is super anti mm. and his whole shit is like is like he's a star but he he never wanted to be a star he, i mean he like he knows his craft so well and he blew up like obviously like that whole um republic columbia and everyone bidding war like helps but he he was just so against everything that everyone else was doing that it made him cool in his own right so we we've talked about this too you would you say that as a fan that you you love that do you love that process of seeing an artist grow from the ground up and almost like you don't want your, when you, when you first discover an artist, at least a smaller artist, you know, you don't want him to be the best sounding artist already because you want there to be a little bit of room for him to grow, to see him rise up the ranks in the industry. Like we've talked about that as a fan and how artists can try and capitalize on that. You think that's an important factor in, I guess not, I guess like subconscious marketability, you know, that's not really an inherent thing you're trying to do, but fans like eat that shit up. You know, they love watching their favorite artists and stuff grow. I think 
the problem that a lot of people that like the whole point of like one hit wonders is that they started off so great and then they were never able to capture that again. So it definitely has to have a point of growth because otherwise you're either plateauing or you're going down. So there always has to be like still room to move up. But I think that comes with learning about your craft. That's what a lot of people forget nowadays. People are like, shit, like I want to rap, but they don't pay homage to the people that created the genre. They don't know about rhyme schemes. Like, you know, like some people have it naturally, obviously. Some people don't. If you don't, learn about your craft and you'll get better. No, definitely. Because you definitely see so many people that, like, I know you just being in music, listening to hella artists, like, you just thinking, like, damn, this guy could be so much better. Like, I know he, like, if he just cared a little bit more, like, his his music could just be so much better. And that's such, like, a common thing now. But, like, damn, it's, like, kind of where we are because it's not, it's so easy and so inviting, encouraging to rap today. Like, anybody can rap. Just buy a microphone, buy an interface steal a beat like anybody can write. bro to be honest i have so many songs in my files songs of alon versus <laughs> yes bro <laughs> <laughs> that's fire are you, are you planning on dropping them i was talking about dropping an album under a fake name bro that's what that's what me and luke wanted uh wanted to do and i won't say what the fake name is right now because of course we can't yeah. that really ruins the fake name <laughs> but um no bro it's what's fun is because we go in and it's like my homie's little brother and he produces and this fool's been producing on like fl for a couple months but he's gotten exponentially better and because of like the whole point is he knows theory and he's been learning so much more and he's been getting so much better so we like we when we're like faded, we like go into his little booth and like we come out with the weirdest shit you've ever heard. That's, <laughs> that's fire. Are we getting? A, can we get a? Can we get a release date? Twenty twenty one. Bro, I put I put question marks all, all over <laughs> it so people don't type. Everyone's <laughs> gonna drop it on the on one streaming platform. It's only gonna be available <laughs> in like one state in the United States. Like nobody's gonna be able to find this shit. We're just tapping the foreign markets. No, that would that'd be fire. You get random emails inviting you to perform at like Oktoberfests, like <laughs> yeah, Yo, class. One, one of the songs is is it's is called German Sluts. So that would be lit. We're about to get a little a little quick little break in right quick. Another unheard. I'm gonna go. I volunteered myself. Uh, this is my little partner, DJ, off his project to come up. This the song on the honey. Sticky situations, they come up daily. Man, shit get hectic. Troubleshoot for paper. Hit up big homie. I need the weapon. Need it now, not later. 32 rounds in the Mac 11. Main the streets don't phase me. I didn't see shit that you can't imagine. Young boys in the hood is stressing. Planet going to jail or heaven. Keep a clock cause it's protection. This some must up in my section. Best thing twice before you step in. This a swamp you might just Body slumped up on the pavement. Nice to meet you. See you later. Chance, did you listen to the Heady One album? Heady One, that's some uh, UK shit. So uh, I, I ain't dip my toes um, across the water this time, but I know you did. <laughs> <sighs> More slander. Taj, are you going to slander too? Are you going to slander UK rap? You know, I love UK rap. What are you glancy for? I'm not slandering. I'm just saying. I know that's your, what would they say out there? Forte. It. 
your realm. <laughs> oh, there. Oh, <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> I know y'all was talking about the project earlier. Cash Page was on that jump, so I'm definitely gonna give it a listen. Cause I mean, in in R and B right now, she's one of my favorite newcomers. But um, yeah, I mean, y'all know, y'all know who my who, who my who, who I'm allied with on and R and B. Oh, we know you're a Brent Fias stand. Taj, and what is your opinion no. on the Henny one? Or if you listened. I didn't listen. I just saw your tweet saying how it's the top five project of the year. And I was like, all right. Wow, that's a heavy statement. That's a heavy, heavy, heavy statement. Do that's you just agree? King of the heavy statement. Do you concur? Then that's not true. <laughs> he'll, he'll drop the heaviest statement and just backpedal 100%. That's not true at all. I'm not one of the niggas who has 12 albums in my top five. Heady One's album is legitimately in my top five. That's Chance and that's you who have 12 albums in your top five. I don't know, Eli, do you think UK rap is about to, I guess, colonize or populate? <laughs> I feel like, well, first off, like Drizzy on More Life started to bring UK over to the States, but like more yeah. so. He was the, the first explorer. Yeah, but, like, this year was definitely a huge year for Grime. And, like, Brooklyn had a big part in that. But I feel like it's going to continue to grow. Um, yeah, like, people are going to... Wait, wait, keep- it was before Drake, though. What that what? dude called Quick Match? When, when he came out, when was that popular? Bro, oh, my like, Big shots. This dude... When was that? This dude is completely disrespecting <laughs> the UK rap scene right now. This is insane. This is talking about Quick Match. <laughs> When was that? When was that though? Was that before Jizzy? On, um, that was like on that view? may have been was the that year before, before him. That was like probably like 2016. To me, oh yeah, because yeah, Drake well, yeah, Drake really got to credit We're bringing UK hip hop to the US. I don't think he helped it get. I don't think he helped it like get any respect chance. <laughs> if anything, <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> like it, it wasn't like yo, like this shit is fire. No. <laughs> Um, Hedy One album. I thought it was a 10 out of 10. Um, he just got out of jail like four months ago and then just like went insane and dropped like a perfect album, which I feel like was expected because he doesn't ever really miss. But like the shit is just it's like another level. The features are crazy. He's got Future on there. Like I said, Future's been the best feature artist of 2020. He hops on the drill sound and he has he does. He does amazing. I, I never thought. I didn't think I was going to like Future on a Drill song, and it sounded phenomenal. It sounded absolutely phenomenal. So um, Cash Page, like Alon said, is on there. She probably had second best feature. M. Honcho, who's from the UK, another great feature. Um, Drake, for all the fanboys and hype beasts. There's songs for everybody on there. Like There's <laughs> something for everybody on that Heady One project. Um, so definitely go check that out. I don't know what else dropped this week. We were trashing Reason a little bit, but there's no reason to do that more. Um, Kyle dropped uh, Are You In Love. Was it maybe uh, maybe that was last year? Kyle Lux. Yeah, I, mean, I haven't checked that single out yet. So much music fucking drops, but not this week. I'll check it out. Yeah, I want to ask you, I mean, this is very this is very so much controversy here on the podcast because whenever Chance has a great tape, it seemed like the other two just like to go gang up on them. So Last week, I said that that Savage Mode 2 was better than the original Savage Mode, especially when it comes to those production aspects. I think 
overall, I think 21 Savage gave a no, I'm not even gonna say that. I think this was a better project than Savage Mode One. Would you disagree <laughs> you said this last week? <laughs> I'm asking, no, I'm asking Elon though, because they didn't agree with me talking about it was kind of so you just want somebody who's gonna agree with you. I don't know, I'm just Bro, gonna ask right. him. to be honest. The first time I listened to Savage 2, I listened to it through my uh, like my phone microphone, uh, my phone like speakers with my girl, and I was listening and I was like. It's not hitting right now. You went now. wrong twice. Bro, but and then I... phone speakers and listening to it with your girl. <laughs> it was not in the But then I started slapping it on the speaker and I was like, all right, the production on this goes. But to be honest, I only downloaded one song off of it. Wow. Same. Which one? one Miniman? Stepping on. You didn't download Miniman? Bro, I just like... Chance is so disappointed. Oh, a lot. I want to agree with them. I love this. <laughs> I don't crazy. think anybody's going to agree with this take, Chance. <laughs> and I also think just, that Savage, Savage Mode, the, the, the first one, is just was also such a time in our lives that you can't compare this. Like, that's I what I'm saying. It's so nostalgic now. But remove your biases and you'll see what I mean. But, I mean... I think this is this is what I'm predicting come. End of the year, we're going to do our culmination, right? We're going to talk about all the music that came out. And we're going to review our projects. And I think everybody's going to be in favor with me. And people are going to be changing their minds, talking about, well, oh, you know, this project was actually good. And I'm going to be like, remember when you said it was poop? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's just what I'm going to do. But Alon doesn't realize that every week it's the complete opposite to where you trash on projects on this podcast and immediately start singing lyrics right after we stop recording. <laughs> like, if anybody's going to be full of cap on, on the end of year review, it's going to be you. But Full of cap. Um, do we have any music coming out this week? I know we have a Benny the Butcher album, Burden of Proof. I'm hyped for that. You know, get a goddamn tour manager for them. You know everything. I'm sorry, I'm a fan of Griselda. Your body Jesus girl. Christ. I'm sorry, I like sorry, I like Griselda listening to rap. Um, this is the final Griselda installment for the year. I think installment volume number like 25 on Griselda albums for the year. Um don't worry about it. I think it's executive executively produced by Hit Boy. I think I saw that right. I think yeah. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's solid for him. Quick shouts to him and Alchemist for probably easily one and two producers of the year with all the projects that they've done. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I don't know about yeah, Larry June and Alchemist. We didn't talk about that last week. But they they dropped a project, Larry June and Alchemist. Yeah, like last week. Oh damn! I'll have to check that out too then. But. Um... Let's wrap it up, though. Do we have any closing words, any closing remarks? Alon, thank you again for coming on the show. Glad you saved the episode this week, swooped in with the Superman cape. I'm going to have to make that the edit for the cover because we had no episode this week. So thank you again. Thank you for having me. This was, this was so much fun. I love to be able to like talk about music and shit. Right. Yes, sir. We getting this money. No so getting that money. <laughs> Jeremy. Yeah, so yeah, that's that no soap I heard collab gang gang, you feel me? <laughs> but dead. um yeah, Taj Mayfield, Taj Money, Taj Mayfield, any last words, my brother. Uh no, nah, no last words. Shout out Elon for coming. Uh 
hopefully some music drops next week or we're giving a 50 minute beta butcher breakdown which Vance <laughs> is probably very excited for so either way I'd it's a win for Vance. a breakdown <laughs> Y'all enjoy the rest of y'all might enjoy the rest of y'all week. Brothers, y'all check thank y'all for checking us out on this week episodes. I ain't plug it at the beginning, but if you stuck through this long, go follow the kid on Instagram. No soap.xyz. Go follow us on the Instagram, Unheard Podcast. Go follow us on the Twitter, Unheard Pod. <laughs> and finally, last, but very, very much so not least, whatever app you on. Go like this shit and share it with your motherfucking friends. Love you. See you next week. Podcast over, dog.